What should your response be to a time of great spiritual blessing? Ezekiel was given an amazing vision of the glory and power and majesty of God. We looked at that in chapter 1 last time I was speaking here. That must have been such an incredible experience for him. His immediate response in chapter 1 verse 28 we read, When I saw it, I fell on my face. I fell on my face. I'm sure that this was an overwhelming sense of reverential fear. It is the due and proper response in the presence of the Almighty. But some people think that the whole purpose of life is to spend time in prayer, meditation and contemplation to withdraw from the world and to seek such or at least attempt to seek such experience as Ezekiel had. We know that there were nuns and monks in the Isle of Man. And some such religious orders are contemplative. They withdraw from the people and world around them. However, Ezekiel was not shown this great vision to prepare him for a life of quiet meditation and contemplation. This was the first step in his becoming an active witness for the Lord amongst his people. He was to devote his life to be a witness for the Lord. I want you to see that firstly, the Holy Spirit empowered him to stand. You see this at the start of chapter 2. Ezekiel was lying prostrate before this glorious visionary throne. He was told to stand in verse 1. Stand upon thy feet and I will speak to thee. This was a clear and easy command to understand. But the next words are what I want you to notice. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set upon set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. And the Spirit lifted him up from that place prostrate before the throne. It was by the gracious work of the Holy Spirit that Ezekiel responded and was enabled to stand. 
The work of the Holy Spirit is essential if we are to be set upon our feet in the presence of the Lord and prepared for action. The passage makes clear that this was not the work of Ezekiel's will, nor of a cooperation of his strength in the Holy Spirit. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. Before the throne of God, we are nothing. But the Holy Spirit lifts us up, makes us stand and hear. The work of the Holy Spirit is essential. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, John chapter 3 verse 5, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into uh, the kingdom of God. In his ministry, the Apostle Paul had a great and glorious experience, but then was given a thorn in the flesh whereby he felt his acute weakness. And he was told, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, we see the great vision that Zechariah was shown. These great lampstands, Rather, there was a great lampstand supplied by oil from two olive trees. This vision was a powerful encouragement to Zerubbabel. For we read Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. There was a continuous flow of oil to supply those lamps. The work of building the temple which lay before Zerubbabel would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. They did not have a mighty army of strong laborers to complete all that work. Everything seemed to be against them. But they would be enabled to do that great task. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So it is true in the local church today. We are as, as nothing when we look around the world. As we look in the community about us. There are thousands of people live in this small town. There are tens of thousands who live on this island. We can achieve nothing in our own strength. But we are not called upon to stand in our own strength. We have this glorious promise. It is the Holy Spirit who lifts us up. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us his word. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. 
We see this phrase, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. This phrase reminds us of our weak humanity. But thinking biblically, it lifts our thoughts to Christ, who described himself as the Son of Man. In Psalm number 8, we read the words, What is man? And this question is answered. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. That is true of mankind. But how much more true is it of Christ Jesus? It is only him who has truly had all things put under his feet. For he has been exalted. He, the sinless, eternal Son, who took upon him the form of a man who became flesh, dwelt amongst us. He came. He was obedient. But Adam was disobedient. He was obedient even unto death. The death of the cross, not for his own sin, but for the sin of his people. And he has been exalted. High above all, it is at the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow. Psalm number 80 verse 17. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man. Whom thou madest strong for thyself. And that verse has its fulfilment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Adam's dominion was marred by sin, but the last Adam has perfect strength. He is holy, he is exalted. Ezekiel as with all the prophets, is a type of Christ. When we look at Ezekiel, we should look beyond and see something of Jesus. Looking ahead, we will find, as we noted in the reading, that Ezekiel would face great opposition. Thorns and scorpions. That was supremely true in the ministry of Jesus. His miracles, his teachings, the even the blind received sight, the dead were raised to life. The religious leaders and the crowd cried out, Crucify him, crucify him, preferring a murderer to the sinless one. He even had a crown of thorns placed upon his head. So, we see that Ezekiel was empowered by the Holy Spirit to stand. Let us notice, secondly, that God's word must fill us. 
Ezekiel's message was not one of his own devising. Chapter 2, verse 7. And thou shalt speak my words unto them. Thou shalt speak my words unto them. And he was told again in verse 8. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. He was going in a very special way to be given the word of God. This he was to take in and digest. This was to be his ministry. The word of God was to become an integral part of him. In chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, we have that very graphic picture, that, that roll, that great scroll, because that's how books were in those days. The parchment, if that's what it was, was rolled up for storage. Unrolled to be read. The picture we have is that Ezekiel was to eat it. And to digest it. But not to think in some crass literal sense of this. We don't understand it of him taking God's word in. Of it filling him up, of it dominating and empowering him. In First Peter chapter one and the twentieth verse, we read, "Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by." The Holy Ghost. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 16. We read the Holy Ghost. By the mouth of David spake. The word that we have. Was not of man's devising. But as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God all scripture is theonostis it's God breathed when you speak if you hold your hand in front of your mouth you can feel the air coming out it's an illustration for us as to how the word has come from God it is his word not man's word today we have the the complete canon of scripture we're not looking for new revelation we have the record of the promise of the saviour we have the record of his life and ministry we have the teaching of his apostles. 
the promises of things yet to come. We have this here before us. We're not looking for a new and fresh revelation. But how well do we know it? God has spoken by his prophets. Do you take time to read it? To think about it? To digest it? That it might fill you up? It's God's word. The God of glory. The creator of all. He who has looked with great mercy upon people like you and I. Let's be honest. When we read God's law, thou shalt not steal, lie, be unfaithful, be covetous. Those things are an expression of love. And we haven't even begun to touch on the fact that we are to love the Lord our God with a whole heart. How far short we all are of that standard. This word, this revealed truth contains the good news that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came to die on that cross. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. And the call of God's word is to repent and to believe. Ezekiel 8, the roll, we see here in verse 3. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. It is in the scripture that we learn about God. We learn about his holiness, his justice, his righteousness, his law. Also about his grace, his love, his mercy, the cost of saving lost sinners like you and I. Do you find God's law sweet? Do you find the whole of God's word sweet? Or do you have thoughts of rebellion? There are verses and words in Scripture that everybody can find sweet. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the whole of God's Word. Do you find it sweet and right and holy? Can you say with Abraham, Genesis 18 verse 25, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right. We lack an understanding and a knowledge of God's word of truth. That is our problem. Verse 8 of chapter 2. Be not thou rebellious. Be not thou rebellious. 
Ezekiel was to receive it and to find it sweet. Even though it was such a difficult message, it was a message of warning, a message of judgment, that God is righteous. This commission here really covers the first part of his ministry. Because if you read the second part of the book, he goes on to times and promises of great blessing, of new life, of a new temple, of life-giving water flowing out into the world. All of which speak to us today of Christ who came and dwelt amongst us. From whom flows out streams of living water. When Jesus was a boy he was in the temple. What did he do in the temple? Remember, his parents didn't realize he wasn't with them and they set off on the journey home. You read about it in Luke chapter 4. Where did they find him when they got back? He was, at verse 46, sitting in the midst of the doctors, the teachers, both hearing them and asking them questions. Whatever age you are, whether you're 5 or 105, do you spend time asking questions, seeking to learn and understand what God has said? Dear friends, this is the path of greatest blessing in our lives. We have God's word. Let's seek to understand it. Let's have it hid in our hearts. Jesus, on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection, said, Luke 24, verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Those disciples were despondent. We had thought, they said. And then Jesus had died on the cross. Little did they realize that that was his moment of victory and triumph. That Satan was defeated. That salvation was purchased. That in fact he had not remained in that tomb but had risen in mighty triumph. Jesus is alive today. We have a great high priest. Whoever liveth to make intercession for us. It is because of his finished work. It is because of his glorious resurrection and exaltation. That we can come with great boldness to the throne of grace. We can pour out our hearts. We can cast all our cares upon him. Who careth for us. Dear friends. We have an impossible task. In our own strength. We cannot do it. But we have God's word. We have the Holy Spirit to lift us up, to stand us on our feet. We have seen the need of the Holy Spirit to empower us to stand. That we must be filled with God's word. And thirdly, let us note that we are to proclaim 
God's words. As with Ezekiel, so with us. An awareness of the glory of God, a knowledge of the words of God, is not sufficient. We are not called upon just to have a holy enclave, to meet together and enjoy the teaching, the singing, the prayers, the times of fellowship. We are here in this world. As Ezekiel was told in chapter 3 verse 4. Son of man, go get thee unto the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. Speak with my words. Go and speak with my words. God's word is not to be kept hidden in a closed book. It's not even to be confined to the walls of this building. I was listening to somebody recently who was speaking of the historical situation in, in Russia, in the, in the Soviet Union. And he was telling of how Joseph Stalin, perhaps some of you don't even know who Joseph Stalin was, but Joseph Stalin was the, the ruler of Russia, of, of the, the then Soviet Union, the dictator. And he had declared that the country was an atheist country. But I think it was in 1929, he, he, he made a decree and it proclaimed freedom of worship. Freedom of worship in an atheistic country where his political opponents were being locked up. But he also decreed no one will express their religious views outside of the church building. And that was interpreted to mean you couldn't say anything about the Lord Jesus Christ or the scriptures to anyone under the age of 18. And then it could only be said within the walls of the church. They banned religious expression. Some years later they went on to ban worship in almost all cases. Many people died in that land for their testimony of Jesus Christ. This sort of thing can come in our land too. But what I'm warning of today is the idea of self-censorship, of keeping quiet, of not telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ, about not explaining what God's word has said in his law and gospel. And yet, we have the only message of hope in a desperate and difficult world. There's so much trouble at every hand. So much despair for many for others, it's a time of partying and easy living. 
But all of them need to know that they stand before the Holy God, the judge of the whole earth. All of them need to know that there is a way of repentance and faith through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death on that cross, his glorious resurrection. It is the only message of hope and we are called upon to proclaim it. We are to give out all my words as we read in verse 10 of chapter 3. All my words that I shall speak unto thee receive in thine heart and hear with thine ears and go get thee to them of the captivity unto the children of thy people and speak unto them and tell them thus saith the Lord God all my words go speak Lord Jesus gave that great picture that example of the, the sower with all that seed and he cast it out by the handful Scattering it round about. Some of that seed was wasted, you might say. But some of it grew and brought forth a bountiful harvest. And when we're sowing the seed, we do not know which seed, which opportunity of the gospel will be used to save souls. But whichever way, whether it is accepted or rejected, there is glory brought unto our Saviour. We are to speak it as thus saith the Lord. Because it's not our word. It's not our message. We are bringing truth from God. And so we can teach it with authority. That was something that People noted with Jesus when he had been speaking. We read there Matthew 7 verse 28. The people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. God's word is understandable. If we take time to read it, to digest it, to learn, to put it all together, it makes sense. It's understandable, it's explainable and we have the responsibility to tell people about it. This is the great need of the day. Not miracles and signs in the church. As Jesus reported Abraham as saying in Luke 16 verse 31 If they hear not Moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. His call to us, that great commission, just before his ascension, is to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all things which I command you. And he gives this command because all authority has been given to him. We are to take this good news share it with people. We have to take this good news and live it out in our daily lives. Whatever you're called upon to do, whatever opportunities you have, do it as unto the Lord. Be a witness for Jesus Christ. Jesus 
said that we are to be witnesses unto him. In chapter 3, verse 11, and tell them, thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. We are to persevere, persevere in the proclamation of God's word, in living out the hope of the gospel. In Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Sometimes when you preach, sometimes as an individual when you witness, People respond. They're interested. They even repent and believe. But other times, they don't. Some of them become hostile. Some of them openly reject it. Thorns and scorpions abound. But the call is to persevere, to continue proclaiming God's word of truth, his glorious gospel message of hope. Not forgetting to mention his law. Because the law is necessary to explain who God is and why a saviour is necessary. The law is necessary to show us our sin before the holy God. How can we come to repentance if we don't first see ourselves as God sees us? The Lord is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. There's a need in the church today. A need for men to be raised up to faithfully proclaim God's truth. The whole of God's truth. Without fear and favour. Jesus said that, didn't he? To pray the Lord of the harvest. To raise up labourers onto the harvest. That's something that each of us can do. How shall they hear without a preacher? There's a great need in the church today. Great need for more men to be raised up who will faithfully proclaim and preach. There's a need too for those who will support such men in the work of the ministry. For they are worthy of their hire. We're not to muzzle out the ox that treadeth out the corn. Oh dear friends, what about you? You might not be called to be a preacher, but you you are hearing the gospel. What about you? Have you seen yourself as a sinner before the Holy God? Have you seen the wonder of Christ, his grace and his sacrificial death on the cross? The good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Oh, dear friends. Come to him today in repentance and faith. And you have God's word. Whether it's in the printed book. Or your mobile phone. 
we've never had such amazing access to it. Do you read it? Do you use it? Do you study it? Have you even tried to memorize some verses? And have you gone to the next step? Do you ever share any of it with anyone else? You could start by sharing it with your friends in the church. We should be familiar with the scriptures and able to talk to people about what God has said. Oh dear friends, we serve a risen saviour. He is alive. He's alive today. He will come back to receive his own unto himself. This is a glorious truth. Let us look to Jesus who has gone before us. Let us look to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of the faith. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me.